when I set out with the podcasts a year and a half ago, um, I haven't done one for six months. I'm just looking back. This is the 22nd one that I've actually done. Um, I always said I would be honest. And to be honest, it's my vehicle for talking. Um, not most emotional person in the world. Um, not a great talker. I suppose I'm a typical 50 plus year old bloke. Keeps his feelings pretty much to himself. So I suppose this this was, this is my way of talking. Um, as I say, I haven't done a podcast for six months or more. Um, lockdown, I'm going to talk a little bit about what lockdown has meant for me. Um, I'm going to talk about what it means for Zem Sports. But... Um, for me, this this is this is difficult because I'm going to dedicate this podcast to my sister-in-law Leanne, who passed away two weeks ago, um, and as the saying goes, why is it always the good ones? I I don't think there's been anybody else in my life who she had to she was married to my brother for 30 plus years um childhood sweethearts um robert's probably a bit like me not the easiest person to live with but this girl just a ray of sunshine just smiled um the most fantastic mother to bruce and jake um the funeral was nearly a week ago um as i don't know if i'm going to put this out or not but uh probably one of the most painful things i've ever seen um just i'm not going to go into the the, the illness of leanne i don't know the total ins and outs of it it was cancer um but yeah i, I i'm going to dedicate this podcast to, to Leanne um, just an incredibly special lady amazing mother um, the girl just very homely you know every time you went there you always made to feel welcome uh, fantastic support to me through my times with Zach when life was tough for me just always an amazing supportive lady so um yeah words failed me really words absolutely failed me taken at 52 years of age um just incredibly sad incredibly sad so puts lockdown in perspective i know there's a lot of hardship out there i know there's a lot of people that are um struggling financially struggling with work losing work um you know what though when when i saw what i saw last thursday and the pain that is really out there that you know, people talk about what are the most important things in life um 
and that there are no words I can say to my, you know, I've got one brother, but there are no words that I can, I can say about his loss. Um, it's a big loss to everybody. So, yeah, just, I just, what's the best way to sum up? Just the lady with a smile. I've, I've never known a lady smile like it. So, um, yeah, I, I am repeating myself. Whenever I do these things, I, I never, I never work from a script. I never write things down um, because that's me. That's the way I work. Um, so I know I do repeat myself quite a few times. I know I say the same words a few times, but that's me. Um, so yeah, just totally going to dedicate this to Leanne, and we're going to miss you. Um, but uh, yeah, and my brother and and the boys and and their girlfriends they they were amazing. How they got through the day, I, I don't know. You know, one of the toughest things I've ever seen. Um, Zach was with me as well, so yeah, it was a real family day, tough day. So yeah, there's, there's words fail me on that one. Words absolutely fail me. We'll miss you, Liam. Uh, lockdown, what has it meant for me? I haven't done a podcast for six months. Why? Um, good question. Uh, lots has been happening. Um, I find it quite difficult. And we went into lockdown in March which was great, the weather was good, I'm new to Newcastle, um, and and that lockdown was okay, what was it, three months, we went back to work on the 25th of, I want to say, July, I think it was July we went back, um, and it was like starting, for me, it was like starting again, I'd done a couple of months at Jesmond Dean, um, and... It, yeah, it was like it was a weird feeling, really, really strange. Um, for those that I think I talked about it in my last podcast, I spent three months in a new area. I'd sold my van. Um, I had no television. I had a bike, um, and that was it for three months. Zach had gone back to Oxford. Um, yeah, Zach's grandmother's not been very well and he wanted to spend some time. And, and the way it worked that Zach was in, in lockdown in Oxford. So, yeah, it was, it was three months. Did I enjoy it? Uh, it, was, it was bizarre. It's like now. Um, this is how my life works, works. When I go into lockdown and... My sleeping pattern goes out the window. I'm recording this at 2.09 in the morning. Um, I'm wide awake. I start to think. I start to think about life and so on. I come alive at sort of 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Can't get to sleep till 3, 4, in, 4 o'clock on a regular basis. It's, I don't know why this happens. Um, again, it's just, it's just the way I'm wired. So... Uh, yeah, lockdown. The first first lockdown was a strange one. But what the one thing that I was able to do, I was able to work on a project. The project was 
Um, I want to bring more people into the real tennis world in Newcastle. I want more people to know about what's in this amazing building. I want more people to know about the game. Um, and I've got a simple view on this. The more people you can get through the door, hook or by crook, the club will grow. Um, you give people a good experience when they come in. Even if they don't play, you show them around. You, you know, And I am passionate about the game of real tennis. So um, with the other stuff that I do with Zem Sports, the golf on the cruise ships, the golf simulators... Um, I decided to put on an event for local businesses. Now, doing this during lockdown was risky. Um, we had great uptake on this, probably near on 50 businesses, and they ranged from the big Audi garage in the middle of Newcastle to some of the big hotels to start-up businesses. And probably about two or three days before this took place, it took place mid-August, um, I had to pull the plug on it for a lot of people. We, I couldn't allow more than one person for each business. Um, some businesses weren't allowed to attend because that was the rules for them. Um, so we, we were still under sort of not quarantine, but we were, what's the word I'm looking for? We were, we had big restrictions placed on us. So I took the decision to, not go out and promote and bring in new people but i think in the end we probably had i would say near on 30 plus businesses um and one person from each business we also had great support from the club from richard sanderson providing a barbecue out of his own pocket um to the club supplying food and drink um, so yeah, those, those guys were great. Great for the club. The downside is that we all thought that you know we, we were sort of going to be able to return to normal, um, and we haven't been able to really, really grow it. For, to, to be honest, from there, um, I, I'm going to split this into two. I'm going to talk about being a real tennis pro in Newcastle at the moment. Um, I find it tough. I find it really, really difficult because my big project was uh, very much most important of the members that we have. I want to go out and find new members. I want to go out and find new student players. Um, the way it's worked, we pretty much, we had the month of um, September, August, September, and then Newcastle has been very much put into tier two or three. So we, we've been really, really limited what we can do. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, we're, we're coming towards the end of the month lockdown at the moment. And uh, I'm coming towards being here... It'll be a year late January, and, and to be honest, I've probably only worked three months in a way, you know, where I've had a really clear go at it. Um, so, yeah, it's frustrating. It's difficult. But, you know, the club have been massively, massively supportive. And, again, that's part of the reason for doing this podcast is that life is about people. Um, 
good and bad. And this club could not have been more supportive towards me. You know, I'm new to the club. Part of my my salary is made up of court fees and so on. Um, and the club have just been, well, 100%, absolutely first class. And, and it just shows coming here was the right decision to work with quality people. I'm not going to name individuals. I think that would be wrong. Um, but the trustees, the tennis committee, uh, Simon, who I work with, you know, I've, I've probably done two or three, four months before we went into lockdown. And, you know, these guys didn't have to do what they've done for me. They, they've just been so, so supportive. So, you know, I'd like to go on record as, as thanking the Jesmond Dean Real Tennis Club and the members. Um, I'll, I'll come back to the event in a minute because I think I want to talk about that. What I've personally found really difficult, though, is the, the actual lockdown, the three-month lockdown, and the month that we've just done, I can deal with that. I can deal with that, and it's okay. It's like, you know, it's like if someone's repairing the roof or something needs replacing on the tennis court, that it is closed and you can accept it. The hardest one for me has been from sort of September through to this lockdown. So that's two months where basically you could only play if you were in the same household. Uh, you could play if you were a junior. Um, you couldn't mix with other households. And we were in a situation where I would go into work in the morning at 7.30, whatever. You'd have no courts till 11 o'clock. You'd then have somebody play. And then you possibly wouldn't get anyone play again until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So we were open, but so, so restricted. We were probably, you know, 90% of people couldn't play. Um what we were allowed to do in the end was lessons, which was great. We, you know, it's a way of keeping contact with our members. Zach's up here with me that most of you will know. Zach's done really, really well. He's come into the club. Um, he's had some shit in the real tennis world and so on, but he'd sort of fallen out of love with it. But coming back here, you know, hopefully I'll get, a, I'll, I will get Zach on to do a podcast because I think. I'm going to let Zach tell you his views of this place. Um, the members, committee, everybody of, you know, Zach came with a bit of a reputation. Um, unfairly, some people in the real tennis world say it was fair. Um, Zach on a real tennis court playing competition is very, very different from Zach around the club. Zach on the real tennis court is... A professional sportsman and that comes with an attitude it comes with a will to win um, it comes with an edge and unfortunately Zach's been judged on that um, my personal views you've got people playing the game of real tennis where they're not professional they're they're just doing it for the sake of it or doing it you know um, if you look at professional footballers cricketers golfers um, the top, the top guys all want to win. And do you know what's really interesting? Zach's been, um, Zach's been 
offered to be sent on anger management because he threw his racket once and he he swore a few times. He's aggressive. He's he's an aggressive boy when he's playing sport. Um, and do you know what's been the most one of the most interesting things for me, and I hope the real tennis world is watching it is the golfers on the TV. Um, I've now got a TV. Um, but with no crowds, you get to hear what the golfers are saying. What the foot we all know footballers swear on the football pitch, what rugby players say. But I think people will be amazed the amount of times the commentators are apologizing for the golfer who misses a putt, hits a bad drive. You know, professional sportsmen in all sport have got an edge. The good ones. They've all got an edge. They all want to win. They all want to push the boundaries. And What's been, you know, what's fascinating me here is that I've got one, my own son, 25. Yeah, he's growing up. Um, is he lazy? He'll look at, he'll listen to this and go, no, he's not. But he's different to me. He's, you know, I was practice, practice, practice with not a lot of talent. He's the other way around. A lot of talent, doesn't want to practice, struggles to practice on his own. Um, he hits the ball differently from me. So, you know, it's, it's fascinating to work with, the, you know, his whole mental attitude, the way he hits the ball, drives me nuts at times. Um, you know, if, it, if I had that talent and maybe my work ethic, it, it, it would be different. But you know what? He's, he's got a great balance. I think he's got a great balance. He's got a great attitude off court lessons he's great with the members with people um getting people to play fantastic on the tennis court is he over the top no i don't think he is he's just competitive and to see him grow at the moment um who gets to spend their life with their 25 year old son um you know go back to the start of this what's life about uh Working with your your twenty five year old son, seeing him grow, seeing him develop, he's got the most amazing girlfriend Molly. I think she's been brilliant for him. She lives in Oxford. She comes up on a regular basis. Um, they've got a dog, and I'll we'll talk about the dog in a minute. Um, but I, f I feel so so humble that that Zach's living here. He sort of spends quite a bit of time in Oxford as well. It's frustrating for him because he can't play any competition at the moment. Um, but he's great to have around the club. Um, the sort of plan was that Zach would sort of look after the members that we've got, lessons and things like that, and I would go out and develop the, the club from that point of view. And it is a club that needs two people here. Um, if it was just me, I couldn't develop the club. I'd just be doing the day-to-day -day stuff for the members that I've got. We've had new members join. Um, we've had students who want to play. So you, you you get a feel that, you know, signs are happening that, that we're starting to, to get somewhere. Um, but no, so, so from the club point of view, lockdown, yeah, it's been massively frustrating. Um, next week, we open again, but I know we're going to go into this tier system. We're going to be told tomorrow or Thursday... I think it's Tuesday today. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll go into tier three. So I think we'll be back into this no mixing of households and so on, which I think will stay with us until the new year. 
So it's just a case of getting through. Um, you know, as I say, life could be a lot worse for me, for the club here. Um, but we, we just keep going. I know I'm, I've not been myself around the club, um, as I say, because it's... I need to be able to be doing things. I need to be out there bringing people in and and so on. Um, going back to the event we did in August, we put a golf simulator on the court. 30 people, local businesses. Um, I'd like to roll this project out around the country to take it around different tennis clubs. It's a, an amazing way of bringing the right people into the into the court. Difficult to get people to come in um to play but once you can get them into the building especially the building here and they they see the building and they feel the building and what the game's about um for example on the real tennis court we closed one end off um and on one end we had a golf simulator with a massive big screen we did some prizes and a friend of mine bought a formula one racing car simulator so even if people were not golfers they could try uh, the Formula One racing car. Uh, out the back of the club, we had the local restaurant put on a bar, a fantastic barbecue. Uh, we did it on a Friday afternoon, started at lunchtime, and I think we finished up probably about five, six o'clock. So it wasn't a particularly long day, but if my view is if 40, 50 people are in the building enjoying it, having a nice time and this is where the frustration for me is that I haven't been able to get them back to put on a demonstration match or a, you know we haven't been able basically a couple of weeks after that we we can't do any club matches we can't do social gatherings so I'm not really had the time to 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 to, to build on that so I think for me I, I don't think we'll be able to do much entertaining if you like until part of me saying March, April, even possibly as late as May time. Um, so at the moment, what's it going to be? Look after the members that we've got, keep them as safe as we can possibly keep them. Do I want to bring lots of students into the building? Um, do I want to do, um, social events? Not really. Um, because you know there are going to be outbreaks of COVID. You know, people. We've had one so far. One of the members came down with it. This was just before the lockdown, um, and it's going to happen more and more. So, I think for me, it, it's getting through through Christmas, um, getting into the new year, uh, and just you know, hoping people stay safe, well. Um, and we have got to look after people, you know, we have got to look after people. So we need, we need to do the right thing. But again, I'm not going to bang on about it, but it's massively frustrating to me where my, not my, but the club's real tennis court is closed when people couldn't be further apart. And then I walk down, I don't know, to Sainsbury's or whatever, and people are diving over the top of one another. Um, we had a situation where we were closed and David Lloyd Tennis Centre was still open. Um, I think at the moment, this lockdown, my personal view is small businesses, the small man is closed. 
Um, but you've got all the big supermarkets are open. They're all still selling their clothing and their hardware and their all their stuff for Christmas. But the small businessman, the coffee shops, they're not open. So, you know, is it fair? I, I will not. This is how, call me stupid. I will not watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here or Strictly Come Dancing. Because in my view, how can it be that small businesses cannot open, do not travel, but we can produce crap television for Z-list celebrities? You know, they've taken over the whole of this castle in Wales. Well, that production crews, food companies, all of the behind the scenes sort of thing. Did we really need to do that at the moment? What did it what's it cost to produce that program? Couldn't that money have been put to better use at the moment? Is it I know people want to watch sport, yeah, and that that's going to be an argument sport for me slightly differently, but making shit television how how can that be allowed? I'll, I'll leave you with that one because I I don't want to bang on about it. I've got as you can tell lots of personal views about that sort of stuff. Um, Amazon must be absolutely loving what's going on. Yeah, everyone's doing their Christmas shopping. Um, what about the small guy who's struggling to survive? You know, what what about the the whole COVID thing? Everyone's got their views on it. You know, we've all got our own views on it. What would have what would have happened if this was twenty years ago? Is this all been caused by social media? Is it a case where we're all We've all gone soft, you know, yet we've got to be sensible. Yes, we probably shouldn't get involved in going to football matches with 50,000 people. Um, but there's a lot of people who are struggling with this, probably more so than the actual of caught COVID, if I'm honest. That's my view on it. Um so I'll probably best leave it there. Um, yeah, you can probably tell. I, I I would have probably thought that we should be dealing with this slightly differently. Um, gyms closing. Um, real tennis clubs closing. Is it right? I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, I... I I look around other places. I, I know people in Australia haven't worked. I'm looking at, you know, how countries have dealt with it. You know, um, all these big marches we had, Black Lives Matters, you know, all these big marches uh, that we've had. To me, all lives matter. It, it, it's, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a strange time. It's an incredibly, incredibly strange time. Um, there seems to be different rules for different people. I've walked through the middle of Jesmond here today. I've never seen so many people on the street. Students, you know, people sat outside in coffee shops uh, because they got through on the takeaway thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's bollocks as far as I'm concerned, a lot of it. So, yeah, give me your feedback. Give me your views on it. Um Talking of small businessmen, um, this is a bit of an uncomfortable conversation. Zem Sports. Uh, Zem Sports is my passion. 
I wouldn't say it's my life, but it's a big part of my life. Um, last January, we put Michael, a golf pro, on Cunard cruise ships. Halfway through March, through a three-month period, Michael was uh, flown home from Australia. They just closed the cruise ship and that was it. Uh, we, we've had to go there and take some equipment off the cruise ship and um, that as an industry we don't think there'll be any cruise ships going out till next April May time next year even then you know but are people going to want to go on cruise ships so if you look at what is Zem Sports it's a provider of golf entertainment to uh, to cruise ships, to indoor venues, to outdoor summer venues. So we obviously missed all of last year's summer um, events. We The really hard one is missing this winter because this is where we wanted to, to really get stuck into what I see the future of Zem Sports, which was indoor golf during the winter. Um, that's obviously not going to happen. I don't want to go into too much detail, but we had got about nine months ago, I met with a few people and the plan was to put on a very big, very, very big event around about now um, in the southeast. Um, we pulled the plug on it probably back last April. It was the right decision at the time, a difficult decision. Um, but it's, yeah, I, Zem Sports is not going to earn any money in 14 months. I, I, even that, I, I can't see that, you know, we've still had to pay bills. We've still had to, you know, it's, it's a tough one for me at the moment. Um, I've had to just park it up there and let's see if we can get through it. We have got some really, really exciting stuff in the pipeline, but none of that can happen until we can take bookings for events. When's that going to be? Who knows? Who knows when that'll be? Um, so, yeah, being a, a small business owner, um, as most of you know, me coming up, to Jesmond was a, a big part, but Zem Sports is a big thing in my life, and yeah, I I, I think we'll 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 go fourteen to sixteen months without earning any money whatsoever. Um, so I'm I'm in that situation. I'm in a lucky situation that I'm working at the tennis club. Um, but I feel, I, I, you know, for s small business owners out there, there's going to be so many casualties in the in the end. Not the golf industry. The golf industry itself, the actual golf courses, is booming because it was the one sport you could play at one time. You know, there's there's golf clubs up here that have taken on 40 new members. Um to give you an example, what we wanted to do, all, all the stuff I've got on the cruise ships has come off. It's here with me, and I wanted to go around the schools in the northeast and get 
local kids who would never have the opportunity playing golf. Um, felt really strong about it. I thought, right, okay, let's make the most of this. But that's gone now. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just not worth trying to plan something that, you know, you, you're just not going to be able to do. So it literally is Zem Sports is... I've put my life and soul into it, absolutely, financially, uh, emotionally, everything. Um, and, and to sort of take your hands off the reins and not get up in the morning and and go for it, it, it it's, it's super tough. And, and for anybody with a small business or concern, I, I feel for you. I, I really, really do. Um, you know, so I've heard some other stories, you know, some people, certain industries that, that you know, builders, that they, they've got so much work on. Uh, life's going to change. Life's going to change drastically. Um, the, the chap that I was going to do this golf thing was, you know, he got a nightclub business in London. You know, how, how does he survive? You know, that, that, that whole industry. Um, how do you explain to your five, six, seven, eight-year-old child that they can't play football at the weekend, they can't go on holiday, they can't do the, you know, you can't go out because there's a killer disease. Um, what does this say to kids? Um, what will it mean for real tennis in the long term, you know? Places like gyms, I, I can't see gyms surviving. Um, you know, all these gyms have popped up and all of a sudden people have realised, well, I don't need to go to the gym, they can... You know, you can you can walk. You've got beautiful countryside. We can exercise in the parks, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, but but small gym owners, they're just not going to survive. And you know, it, I just see. Did we close things too early? Yeah, you know, it's all ifs and buts. I see the political side. My views on it. It's bollocks. They're all interested in their own. How can you have Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England all doing different things? You know, if 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 Boris says do this, you know, the woman in Scotland, uh, the one that looks like one of the crankies, she's Sturgeon. She's she's gonna say do the do the opposite. Why? Because she's trying to. It's a political thing to me. You know, these people should all be getting in a room together and Great Britain should all be doing the same thing. You know, should all be working together. Um, politicians, all as bad as one another in my eyes. Um, but, you know, get together, work together at the moment. You know, you're a team. You are, you are a team. You're a team that run this country or the countries. And you're not working together. You, 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 you know, has Boris done it right? Who knows? You know, um, who knows what's right, what's wrong. It's very easy to sit back and go, oh, you should have done this, you should have done that. You know, Boris, I don't know now. Um, I, was I a fan? I wouldn't say I was a fan, but... Um, to me, it's not. It's not clear. It, it's not clear. If you're closing something, close it. If you're, if you're making a decision, make a decision. Um, no different from being a goalkeeper uh, at football. If if you're, if you're making a decision, commit to it. Do it. 
you know, there's nothing worse than sort of shall I, shan't I attitude. So make a decision as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I don't think politicians here are working together at all. Um, they're all using it to, to boost their ego, to promote themselves. Um, if Boris says it's night time, the girl in Scotland saying it's daytime. Doesn't matter what's wrong, what's right. It's it's political. It's political. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a confusing time. Very very confusing time. Um, so I've talked a little bit about Jesmond. I've talked a little bit about uh, Zem Sports. It, I will continue with Zem Sports. There's no doubt about that at the moment. Um, as I say, we I can't go into too much detail, but we have, you know, yeah, I have been working behind the scenes and building relationships and doing what we can. And if the stuff comes off that we're close to, to doing, um, fantastic. You know, things change. It's good to work with people that are looking at things differently. Think, you know, <laughs> If you don't think outside the box, you've got no chance at the moment. So that, that sort of suits me. Um, yeah, I, I suppose that's that's one of my strengths is looking at things differently. Uh, real tennis at the moment. Real tennis has disappointed me because I think it's the only professional sport that hasn't continued to play tournaments. Um, my son, for example, will probably go a year without playing a competitive tennis match, which... That's a load of bullshit in itself. So bringing young people into real tennis, you know, what are we bringing them into? So that's another subject I'll talk about another time. But um, yeah, we, we're the only sport that we should be having small events. We should have been having small events around the country, um, not worried about prize money because people accept that there isn't prize money. Yeah, maybe you've got to pay them a few quid to get to and from. Um we, there's no British Open. That's fine because there's a, one or two players that can't travel from overseas. But, you know, and we wonder why the levels aren't so good anymore in the game of real tennis, why we haven't got the numbers of people playing and so on. Um, so look at, look at the Euro Pro Tour golf that carried on. Look at, you know, th things, things could have been done differently there. It's very easy to sit back here from my point of view and say so, but... We could have put small tennis events on. Um, again, but does that not just come down to the governing bodies? That comes down to the players. The players should be wanting to play. Um, I've got my own son here chomping at the bit to play. Was His routine was going to be go out to France every third week to practice, but that's not gone. Uh, National League, we were meant to have a team here. Um, that's not happening. Um that's another that's another podcast in itself, which I'll probably I'll do because um, to me that's that's embarrassing the way that's worked out. And yeah, so really, pretty much the last six months has been a has been a strange old time. Um, what else is new? Let's finish on a bright note. And this is a very, very, very bright note. My son, from the age of probably four or five, Dad, I want a dog. Dad, I want a dog. Dad, I want a dog. Uh, 
no, Zach's not right. Who's going to look after the dog? I will. You go to school. Who's who's going to have it there? No, Zach, you're not having the dog. And we've had the, we've had an ongoing battle for, I reckon, twenty years. Can I have a dog? No, you can't. Can I have a rabbit then? Yeah, you can have a rabbit. Can I have a goldfish then? Yeah, you can have a goldfish. Um, so, I think what we had one rabbit, couple of other things um but it's just never ever been the right time um to have a dog now i've always struggled with this because i grew up with dogs um and i always felt it was a little bit unfair for zach not to have a dog but you know the hours that i worked um it just wasn't right it wasn't wasn't right so uh, uh, yeah guilt guilt on that yeah quite bad actually because i think kids growing up around wildlife um you know i look at my upbringing and some of the great best memories were, were with the dogs and the you know dad and that sort of farm life and everything you know zach never had that side of life um zach always grew up around sport but you couldn't have it all so Zach moved up here with me, I suppose, just before lockdown and then has been up here. Um, we live in an, the most amazing house. It's part of the real tennis court. All the grounds around it are safe. Uh, we've got like a, like a courtyard for a garden. Um, and I can't think why... I think Molly's probably got something to do with this. Young Molly is a veterinary nurse, um, loves animals. So conversation with Zach Roman, who's like my stepdaughter, um, and Molly, they ganged up on me. For want of a better word, they ganged up on me. And they even let's get a dog whatsapp group and they kept on and on and on and what should we get this that and the other um so yes it finally happened about probably a month or so ago uh molly found this little dog um funnily enough back down towards where Roman lives near Watford and Zach and Molly are going to see this dog. Well, I'm not the brightest, but I know that my son going to look at four week old puppies um, isn't coming away without one. Well, he's not bringing it home because it's too, uh, it's too young. Um, so yes, I got the photographs. Can we have the dog? Can we have the dog? So in fact, I've, to this day, I never said yes. I just sort of told him to, he's 25, if he wants a dog, get the dog. But um, I think he he grew a pair of balls, basically, and he decided he was getting the dog come whatever. Um, and it is the right time. It is the right time. So the dog, what can we say? So we've got the dog. The dog is a cross between... A Jack Russell and a Cocker Spaniel. So God knows what that's going to produce. Um, but now we've got to name the dog. 
Now, we came up with different names. Now, Zach and I came up with a great idea. Let's name him something to do with the real tennis court. Um, so we looked at all sorts of things. We looked at chase, because there's a chase on a real tennis court, which we thought sounded too American. You've got different names of serve, Demi PK, um, but none of it looked quite right. So I'm going to take credit for this. I said, right, OK, so on the real tennis court, there's a piece of wood that goes around three sides. And if you hit it, you hit the bando. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. Now, the spelling of it is an American is, is a French spelling. Um, but we decided that our little mate would be called Bando. And that's what he's become Bando. So when people sort of see the name, they wonder where it's come from. Um, so about a month ago, little Bando was transported from Watford four hours plus up the A1 um, and arrived. And and I have to say, um, I have put pictures on him. I'm, I'm massively proud of this little dog, but it's like having a bloody kid all over again. He's an absolute pain in the ass, but he's got the cutest little face you'll ever see. Um, he's, he's, he's got Jack Russell in him because he's got out once and got across a main road, which was not good for me and my heart. Um, but generally, this little he's been away for a week. Uh, we all had to go down south, so Molly's got Bando with her and i've missed him um i've got zach molly and bando coming back on thursday today's tuesday but what i've missed most is it's not an excuse but what bando's done is got me out and about he's got me walking so um zach went back down south for a week or so um so it was just bando and i and i have to say that we would do a, an hour and a half walk in the day and we do a walk at night and I, I was feeling good um and i've missed my walking with him but i have never ever known anything like it i think it's two things i think one that this dog is the cutest little thing you'll ever see um he's definitely an autumn dog the colors of him because you can't see him um but it also tells you something about the people up here are so friendly and want to talk that i cannot take this dog anywhere everybody wants to stop and talk about him and he's a people's dog loves people loves other dogs so um yeah an amazing little thing so the time the time was right for a bando um so he's brought a lot of joy into the house um Although he's chewed the cupboards and uh, he's not particularly... Well, he is pretty well house-trained now. He's getting better. Um, but no, he's great. He's, he's, if you haven't seen him, please go on social media. Look on my page, Facebook, Instagram, and it's just full of the dog. Um, and he is as cute as he looks. Um, he's a little bugger, though. He's a proper little sod. Um, so, yeah, some a, a, a tough podcast to do. Um, I've always said I've, I I would do it from the heart. Um, I'm not I'm not a words person. I couldn't put my feelings down written wise. Um, 
there'd be things that have happened in the last few months that I haven't touched on. I don't want to get political in the the whole what should have happened and what shouldn't have happened. Um, I've ranted on a bit longer than I thought. I'm looking at this now. It's coming up to... I cannot believe that I can sit and talk for 50 minutes. It's ridiculous. It's... You know, I say to anyone else, if, if you're out there and everything, that if you're like me, and uh, what am I? I'm I'm pretty cold. I, I'm not a great talker. I don't show me feelings. Um, but this is a great way of expressing yourself. That I I don't even think that people are going to listen to it. If I'm honest. It's really me sort of talking out loud, I think is the best way to look at it. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it lots, lots I could talk. I haven't even touched on things. Watching, I've got Sky Television now, and I can't be asked to watch English football anymore. I've, I've never known a sport just die like it has done. It's got no passion. It's got no... It's non-contact. You've got idiots on VAR or whatever it's called. You give them technology and it just shows... I, I, I won't even get on this. You've got idiots who have never played the sport making decisions. And while you've got that process there, never going to work. So sort that job out. Um, yeah, back to where we started... Yeah, I, I I haven't got words. I I can't, I can't put into words. But yeah, this is what dedicated to one very very special person. Take care.